Hello there. Hello. How are you? I am wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, so I'm so happy to have you here. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Right. <laughs> so welcome everybody to another episode of On the Other Side of Momming, because there is more to this mom life. And I am your host, T Moore. And today I brought another one of my sister friends because, well, you know, me, you know, I love meeting people and you know that I have friends and I love to connect, but also like this person today is like, ah, I just love her, like her, her spirit. And it may be because she's a New Yorker and I'm from, you know, from Cali. So we may have that little like, you know, West Coast, East Coast, but we don't got no beef or no chicken with each other. No, you know, it's not like that. <laughs> We're agencies, agent sisters as well. We are we're agency sisters. Like it is just like, so we are just, we're just connected. That's what it is. We're just connected. So I would, without further ado, I want to introduce Maisha Oso, my boo. Uh, so Maisha, tell the people about you. Like, who are you? Because they need to know you real soon because, because you you're doing some things out here in these publishing streets and that name. <laughs> I mean, you got a book out already, but you got some more books coming. So yeah, I'm, I'm an author. I am a wife and I am a mommy. I'm from New York. Um, I spent several years on the continent in Nairobi and then in Johannesburg. And I'm finally settled back in Georgia right now. So I'm just like enjoying everything, all these new opportunities that are coming to me and specifically in the writing world. And I am excited to do this with um, T today. Um, I met her, how long ago do you think? Gosh, I don't know, but it, it had to be. Officially, probably maybe like a year or six months, yeah, something that's, like that's officially. Yeah. But I don't know who she was before. <laughs> because of black creators. We're black creators so it's like definitely 2020 but then like you said like officially like connected probably within it's probably coming up on a year yeah, yeah. and then you realize that we are living identical lives <laughs> yes yes we are like seriously living identical lives it is so wild like Okay, we're gonna, we gonna get into it, we're gonna get into it. So first of all, y'all know how we do, we have to do our momspirational quote um, because we have to stay encouraged in these mommy streets because you know, motherhood is its own hood, right? Like we just, it'd be a, a thing. And so this one comes from the America's mom, but she's our auntie for us, is Auntie Tab, Tabitha Brown, for those of you who don't know who Auntie Tab is by now. Um, but she auntie tab. So she says, remember the same day we plant our seeds is not the same day we eat the fruit. So I'm gonna say it one more time. Remember the same day we plant our seeds is not the same day we eat the fruit. And that comes from her book that's out feeding the soul. And so what do you hear? Like what comes to mind when you hear that? Like when she's saying like, okay, hey, you planted the seed but it's not going to happen today. Like whatever you plan it, you kind of got to like know you gotta it. Nurture it. You got to nurture it. And it's exactly that. From the standpoint of being a mom, it it reminds me of someone was, um, I can't remember who it was exactly, but they were saying that a normal day 
for us right now and a normal day that we're experiencing with our children is going to be a memory for our child years to come. Like when I was young, it's going to be like, you know, it. so it's important the things that we do right now, the things that we instill in our children, the things that we, um, you know, the way we act, the way we show them how to be responsible people, like all of those things are important because in time, mm-hmm. the harvest is going to come. <laughs> the harvest is going to come. But yeah. It's gonna come, but it go. But you know that's so that's so good. You like as you were saying, I was like, oh my gosh, how true is that? Like we want that instant gratification. Like I want today that if I told one of the kids something, I want it right now. But not realizing, I'm probably not going to see the fruit of whatever lesson I'm trying to teach them until it happens. Like they're not going to be in the situation to to really have to display whatever le- life lesson I was trying to show them. And I was talking to my dad, I want to say last week, and um, I told him that I get a lot of the stuff he was trying to tell me when, like, even when I was a teenager, like, cause you know, you're a teenager, you know, everything, right. Cause you're grown. And right. so, but now like, I get it. I get a lot of the things he was trying to instill in me at almost 40 like it's like oh right it clicks you said to save money I get it like okay that's what you meant by you save for the rain day or that's what you meant by go after your dreams you know pursue all the things you want to do before you get settled down into life and decide to become we decide to you know become a life partner with somebody or have children like try to do all the things that you want to do on your own before that because but that was a seed that was planted when I was younger. Right, right. But it didn't really didn't take root. It's just barely taking root now. <laughs> <laughs> it takes time. It takes so much time for the things that we've learned when we were younger or just anything, anything that's worth having. Like you just really have to put a lot of work into it and you can't expect immediate results. I don't know why that is though. Like I, you remember last week, Ebony was talking about that air fryer joy. I would really like a lot of my results to be just like my my air fryer. We're not going to talk about the air fryer today, Mike. <laughs> I already told you, you, you have to upgrade yours before we can even get into we it. We have to have a separate <laughs> conversation about this air fryer. She's going to give out recipes and everything yeah. because she's going to help people like me. That's right. I'm about to change your life because- <laughs> Not all air fryers are the same. That's a, that's all Wait, is that was shady. <laughs> no, don't come to my cousinar right now, okay? Just saying, not they're not all equal. You know, I'm just saying. There's Walmart and there's Target. You know, there's <laughs> levels to it. There's levels to it. And you know, that the same. But no, but like you mentioned something about learning the things that we learned in our childhood, right? right. And so, I feel like a lot of things that we learn in our childhood is how we take into our parenting, right? How we decide to parent our children because all we know is whatever we were taught and obviously whatever our parents were taught, they they put on us. And so what I'm seeing is this shift in our generation for the millennials is this shift of, hey, I don't want to do it the same way as my folks. Did. And it's not to shade our parents or even our grandparents, because a lot of stuff, you know, and I hate to say it like this, but I'm just going to just be transparent. I think a lot of stuff 
flows from slavery, obviously. Like um, a lot of things kind of how that happens, the, the factor of control for so that massa, you know, was staying in line and doing that. And so you have kind of that mindset being passed down and trickled down over into parenting. And so now you have us millennial parents who are like, and well, and, and well, first of all, Gen Z just ain't with the shits. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a different generation anyway. Like you just come, you gotta come different with them. <laughs> but even like, you know, we have really small littles, right? I mean, you have really small littles and I don't know what their generation will become, but it's kind of like, I don't want to parent you all the same way because I tried it fairly early on when like with my oldest, you know, trying to do the same things that I saw being done or, you know, whatever. And then I'm just kind of, but it started with me. Um, it started with me wanting to change me, but not so much for the parenting aspect. It was just some things that I, I feel like, I almost feel like Holy Spirit was like dealing with me with. Like, right. right, it was just kind of like, we got to change some things. And I just feel like, 20, like 2020 was a year, right? Obviously it was a year, like it was real ghetto. I should have known when Kobe passed that it was going to go downhill from there. Downhill. Like, I just should have known, like it was just going to go down. But I also feel like it really was an awakening year for me. And I believe that is the year that I really started to heal myself as a woman. And I started to go after the things that brought me joy, but also in doing so, I started checking me and how I was showing up for my kids and started unlearning. And I started being like, I don't want to parent you by, you know, if I pop or spank or whatever, I don't want to yell at you to get you to comply with what I'm asking you for. And I hate to even say comply because when I think of compliance or com the word comply, it just feels like it's order, it's control. Right. Um, and so I begin to start doing this, this work um, of unlearning, which I um, feel like it's just this never ending goal or journey because it's just a lot of unlearning so I want to ask you, what do you, when you hear the word unlearning, because it feels like it's kind of a buzzword right now, like unlearning or just like, you know, this whole movement was, I hate to say gentle parenting because it's probably not a movement. It's just probably just how people, how some people been parenting is just getting more attention now. But like when you hear unlearning, what does that mean to you? So it's the process of, taking inventory of the beliefs and the behaviors that you have and yeah. really examining them yeah. and setting aside the ones that don't serve you anymore. Oh, that's it's really hard, right? Because I said beliefs as well. So you're, you're changing your belief about something. It's, a, and it's typically a long held belief. This is how you should parent. This is how you should discipline. Mm -hmm. And to change those things, like can't teach an old dog new tricks that, that's real <laughs> it's difficult yeah yeah because we're set in our ways right like you think about that but then it's like you can teach the old dog new tricks but is the dog or in this case the person going to be receptive to the change because it goes back to that 
instant gratification. Yep. Goes back to I put the seed in the ground where my tree. Yeah. Where, where's the tree at? Like I told you to stop jumping off right, right. the walls right now. And you do it. It's really easy for me to scream at you or slap you. I will make you stop jumping off the walls immediately. Right, right. I can do something else. And full transparency, I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not 100% there with gentle parenting. I know what I should do. Yeah. All oftentimes in the heat in the moment, you won't hear me yell. Yeah. I feel like it's it's definitely, it's what I grew up in. House people yelling. I didn't get spanked a lot. My brothers got all the beans. I was a punk. I didn't do anything that was going to make me get the beans. So it had the attended desire though, like the chill effect. In law school, we we call it the uh, the chilling effect. Like when they pass down laws, certain types of laws, um, to to stop whatever action it, it causes a chilling effect and so it's like oh y'all getting whoopings over there oh, yeah my father just had to look at me and i'll be like Ooh, let me press my behind over here right right but i feel you like it is a i love what you said about the the beliefs and like really like changing undoing it's the undoing of the mindset it's right. the undoing of the belief system that we've held so long because it's what we know. I mean, that's how we parent. We parent with what we know. Um, there was- you think of religion, right? And if you have someone who was a devout, let's say they were a devout Muslim for their entire lives. Yeah. It would be easier to teach someone Christianity who never believed in anything before than yeah. someone who already had a standard set of beliefs. Okay. Um, and I, I and I think that that's what it's like. It's unlearning something, something that you really hold close to yourself. It's almost something that I want to say it makes you who you are, but yeah. that's kind of what makes us who, our thoughts, yeah. our beliefs, the things that we value. And sometimes right. they're based off of things that are untrue. And we right. have to actually go and do the work to, to examine those things and yeah. oftentimes change them. Yeah, so many people get offended um, and get really defensive. Just like when you hear, like when they hear, like I have committed myself to not putting my hands on my kids to get them to do something, or I'm committing myself to not yell at them to get something done, um, to treat them like an individual person, like a human that they are and respecting them. It doesn't mean I'm giving them a pass for bad behavior. No, I am, however, allowing them space to process these really large emotions. And even speaking about religion, you know, how the saints love to take, you know, was it spell of the child, spare the rod or spoil the child? And take it out of context and, um, and, First of all, when we think about it, I was like doing some research or whatever, and we all know the Bible is open for interpretation. And we'll just leave that there. <laughs> However, comma. Um, but when you think about the rod, how it was used, that rod, that staff, that comfort me and all that, and how he talked about the rod. The rod was used as a guide for the sheep. He wasn't popping the sheep on the head. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With the rod, like, you dumb sheep. Like... He wasn't doing that. Like when you think about that, right? Like, right. and he wasn't, you know, and discipline and disciples. Well, discipline means to teach. Nowhere in the definition of discipline does it say 
to beat the hell out your child um, or to demean them and belittle them and to call them names and do all these things. That's not discipline, but it is actually abuse. Like it's form of abuse. Like that's not cool. And so I think once I started doing that and started to challenge my own beliefs, right? And so when you even think about that, um, in context, when you talk about in progress, it's like, well, actually, I think what they were saying that if you just don't teach your child the way, you don't guide them, you don't guide them, then yeah, you do spoil the child. Then yeah, you do because now you have a child who has no guidance. They had no foundation. How are you building a foundation by popping them? What is the foundation? How do I tell my three-year-old who got hands for day? Okay. That little boy will smack the mess out of you and won't think twice about it. How do I teach him not to hit by popping him back? By saying, don't hit me. And I think if I put a little fire behind that pop, that's going to get it. Like, how am I teaching him that? But then on the same token, if somebody at school was to pop one of my kids, I mean, I can't say that I'm going to tell like Jesus, like, turn the TV. Baby, turn the cheek. Turn the cheek. I haven't arrived yet. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't arrived there. So, any anyone listening who does practice gentle parenting and who has some situation, let us know how that I could probably do it in my household, but I can't say that I'm gonna be the parent who's like, baby, just walk away, go get the teacher. Do that after you have handled business. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I got, you. I got your back at the school. I got your back at this point. I, I told you this. It's because. I remember one time in South Africa, um, I found out that my a little girl hit my daughter at the park and my daughter didn't do anything back and she just started crying. And I was so I was hurt. I was upset. <laughs> I was mad at the kid, but more so I'm like, you didn't hit her back. Well, you didn't you didn't give her back what she gave you. What you doing? You know, I don't know. And so I'm not there yet because that is. It, it's how I was raised. So there is a lot of a learning that I still need to do. There are things that I definitely struggle with. I feel like my primarily is the yelling and I don't yell back. Like I don't just say, just start screaming. I feel like my mom used to scream for everything. She'd be like, Malaysia, take your cups off the table. Like it would just be for everything. Like take the cup off the table. My kids, I'll be like, all right, Elijah, Judah, Selah, come in the house, please. They ain't listening come in the house after the like seventh eighth time I said get it <laughs> that's why they come in the house and then you're like well it worked and that's what I remember saying like well I remember when I was yelling it was like it was working because they moved at that point they finally moved and did what I told them to do because yeah. I had to yell but now what I remember feeling exhausted though like I was now exhausted that I exerted the amount of energy because yes. Y'all didn't listen. So now I'm yelling. And now like it's it's such a a thing. And so that's probably the biggest thing for me. It's like I do a lot of breathing, a lot of like stepping back. Um I, I got a my dad got a, actually an opportunity to see me in action because he, you know, he surprised me this weekend, came into town. And um the kids got to spend some time with him, which was a lot of fun. And so have relieving um, Let's Play. Mm -hmm. And Savannah 
she got like she was mad like I think she was hungry I'm almost sure she was hungry because she kept saying she was hungry but you know she wanted to play so of course she played so she was hungry so I think the the crux of her problem was I'm hungry and I'm thirsty and they got popcorn why don't I have popcorn so that started the popcorn she wanted to put her shoes on it went from that one to put her shoes on to where she was just stopped in the middle of the road wouldn't walk and my dad was kind of like looking like, wow, this is like, <laughs> like, and you know, my dad's Jamaican. So, you know, the Caribbean parents, you know, they operate on the different creed anyway. And so <laughs> he's watching all of this transpire. And I mean, it's, it's escalating. Like really. looking at you crazy at this point too, probably. <laughs> yeah. He's like looking at me real curious to kind of see how I'm doing. And, you know, my husband, he's kind of like, letting me kind of handle it but I could tell he's kind of like ready to jump in and, and get into this thing and I'm just like okay no so I'm just like let me get the other kids so I'm like really trying to stay I'm not gonna say I was really trying to stay calm because I was actually pretty calm and then because I was just like we're just gonna keep moving like you could be mad but you gotta keep moving keep it moving and so she we get in the car we finally get in the car she don't want to buckle so I'm like do you want me to help you buckle and she's like, no. So I was like, all right, figure it out. So she buckled up eventually and we drive. And then at some point she gets mad again now because the popcorn's in the car and everybody else had the popcorn but her. And so like, she, I give her the bag and that wasn't good enough. And then she's like kicking the seat. She threw her shoes off. And I'm like, whoa. Because now I'm like, because now you're not being safe. Now you're not being a safe person. And that ain't that ain't gonna work for me. Then she unbuckles her seatbelt while we're driving. And she t- I thought, oh, absolutely not. So somehow I legit am getting exasperated for you, but let's <laughs> continue, please. She starts flat boxing me to put her seatbelt on. And so, like, I'm like about to like lose it. You know, you know how Regina Hall was in that video like this. Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that was me. That was me like. <laughs> Like, because now I'm about to lose it. <laughs> I'm about to lose it. And so she, she girl, so I finally got the seatbelt on. And then I just remember, I just hugged her. I got the seatbelt back on and I hugged her. And I just remember telling her, I love you. And you're safe and it's okay. And I love you. And everything's going to be all right. Not even minutes, she started calming. Just the connection, the hug. And my dad called me when he got on the road to head back home. And he was just like, I just wanted to tell you, you know, I'm so proud of you, you know, with all the things you're doing, but I'm really proud of how you are handling your kids. And I'm so impressed with how you handle that moment in the car. He said, because I would have tapped your ass. (laughs) (laughs) You would have been crying since you, before you got in the car. Right, you, you would have, he was like, but he was like, I'm just so impressed. I'm so proud to see you're doing that. And because we talked, me and him talk a lot more about my parenting style now. And I'm like really excited about it. And he's just like, I wish I would have known some things differently. And, and this comes from a Jamaican. Right. Like, you know, you know, they was out there. <laughs> So like, <laughs> but so like for him to witness it and to see it, and and I won't lie, you know, black moms are good for putting on for their friends, right? Like I don't know if your mom was like that, but my mom would turn up her antics when her friends was around. Like she would be like, "Oh, I'm, oh, I'm fixing to get you. You fit. 
That's, why are you yelling at us? Oh, now you're cussing at us. Like, you don't even cuss. Y'all, my dogs are disrespectful. So we just don't keep it. They ain't worried about this, right? <laughs> but I love that there was also validation your father saw in that moment. And he was able to communicate that to you. I like that. Yeah, that felt good. Here, like if my kids going crazy. My parents are here. And they just look at, my parents are older also, mm-hmm. like on the cusp of 80. And okay. so they looking at me like, <laughs> what, you do, what you doing with these kids? You gonna let me talk to you like that? Like, <laughs> and they, they, think, and I, I, they think that we're too, they think that we're way, way too soft on my head. And it's not, like at this point, like I said, like, I don't think there's much I can do to convince my parents that <laughs> I shouldn't be throwing hands on my kids. Like, <laughs> and like I said, it's not that <laughs> it's not that they were like I didn't get like I said I didn't get a lot of stinkers growing up. I don't really remember mm-hmm. one, you know, from my parents. My grandmother another story, but <laughs> my grandmother I don't remember that many because I didn't do. But my I remember my brothers. Yes, too. <laughs> I remember my brothers because I didn't get a lot of spankings either growing up. Um, I was, I mean, I got them, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I was pretty like because you knew. Scared, like, I knew. And then mine's, you know, they was good. Like my mom was a yeller, and then but you know they she also was old school, so like they was like talking about some get a switch off the tree. I'm like get a switch off the tree. <laughs> switch. Excuse me. <laughs> hey that's that's that was yeah no yeah. I used to break them I used to break them me and my sister used to break them and hide them behind the speaker yeah. house <laughs> oh man and you know, are you trying to get the like the, the flimsiest one which hindsight is really not the best one like just get a stick be extra and get a stick <laughs> then they get mad because they're like you know I'm not gonna hit you with this <laughs> like yeah no so what we gonna do <laughs> but what's interesting also is that the type of dis- the way you discipline each child may be different and the way you need to discipline each child. Yes, yes. And well, that, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. The way they respond. So like you, I have three, two, mm-hmm. four, and six. Stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pray for me. Thank you, my mother. Seven, five, and three. Like, oh, thank you. Yeah. And <laughs> my daughter, she wasn't, I remember the first time I saw Time Out. I think I was watching like, a nanny or something like that <laughs> I didn't have kids yet but you know what I thought I'm like this is some white people stuff like we can't this is not what we do it's not gonna work mm-hmm. but when it came to my own child my daughter she is great now mm-hmm. but then she ain't listen to nothing mm-hmm. so I tried to like I don't know how I would discipline it. even if she's small I would you don't really spank somebody very young. So you'll do something like this. She didn't yeah. respond. I'll put her for timeout. She care about that. Fair play right there. I don't, but I realized she was very much like me. And I don't want to say a people pleaser, I guess to some degree, but yeah. she really thrives off of positive reinforcement. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I found that, I'm like, okay, this is, I don't really need to, even now, so she's six and a half. I don't yeah. have to do much to her. I can just reinforce it positively and it will change your behavior. Yeah. My whole son, I'm still figuring it out. I ain't gonna lie. Like he, <laughs> I don't know. 
Time out doesn't work for him. Time out does work for my two-year-old. Okay. Okay. It works for him. And it's not like time out goes, it's like go sit on this curb of this fireplace little thing and sit yeah. there. And he'll stop. Okay. Or I put him in the, a further room, like a, a room downstairs. I'm downstairs. I'm not leaving him. But if I put him in yeah. the other room in the back. Separate. Yeah. Right. So it's it's different for every child. And I think that's important. Like, I don't want to tell no one, don't speak your kids. I don't need to do what works for my children. And it's something that I want to not do. Right, right. And I think that's the big thing. It's like you figure out what works for you. My goal is I don't want to inflict unnecessary trauma on my kids. I don't want to do things that will tear them down because that's the seed that I'm planting for when they get older. That's the seed where I can't tell you where it came from, the people pleasing for me came from per se. Clearly it was in childhood. Clearly it was me wanting to, because I'm a words of affirmation person. That's my love language. It also is my oldest's love language is how you speak to her. And I think you hit on something really important is that these are individual people. Mm -hmm. Their ages are just, the difference here. They're individual people who require individual things. How I handle one, I can't handle the other that way. Right. That one is going to need something a little different. And so for me, it is just making a decision like, I don't want to do that. I just want to do something different and see how it works. And so it may look like my kids might be a little off the chain and stuff like that, but really, my hope is, is that they'll grow up to just to be loving, to be empathetic, to be all these things, because that's the skill set I'm showing them, essentially. And so it helps now where like, if my oldest has a, a meltdown, she will come back and now she'll apologize. Now she does it every day. She's yelling and her emotions are high. So she's apologizing a lot, but she's learning, okay. I can come down. Something she said to me last night that was really powerful was just like, mommy, I like how you handle my big feelings. Wow. Make me feel bad about having big feelings. And you're going to help me, right? You're going to help me control. I said, yes, baby, I'm going to show you. We're going to work through it together. I said, because when you're yelling, it's hard for me to hear you when you're yelling. So when you bring it down, doesn't mean that you're still not upset. You could be mad, be mad. It's a natural feeling. It's a natural emotion. You could be upset. And I think that's something as parents, I don't even know where this comes from. When you begin to think about it, I think that's a lot of it's retrospect. Like when I begin to think about like how like growing up, we weren't allowed to have feelings. We were too young to have, to be angry. We were too young to be sad, to be depressed, to be any of these things. And so you have a lot of like, when people are crying, don't cry. Why are you crying? What you crying for? I'm sad or that's how I express myself when I'm sad I cry these are this is what is given to me is why our, our black men can't cry now because they've been told that they're weak if they're crying or it's a sign of weakness. and it's not it's a God-given emotion it's how you respond to the situation but how can I but yelling let's work on that let's work on the hitting let's work on these things because Adults make me mad all the time. I want to slap a lot of people, you know. I, but we don't. You know, but we don't because it's assault. 
it's the battery. Um, yeah, you know, I, I want to threaten you too. But, you know, they call it a, a terroristic threat. And you can go to different. <laughs> like, so all these things, but we do it to these little people because we can control them. So we think. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to control people who we really can't control. But we can because we have the power card and because we are their source and they're dependent on us to, to do these things. And so we take advantage of that fact because if you think about it, if I'm at work and I'm stressed out about work and I'm upset and I bring it home, whatever the stress, it's just like kids. It's just like they're hungry, but they're projecting their hunger in a different way. And maybe Susie Q at work pissed me off because she I'm always picking up the slack for her and doing all her stuff for her. So that's why I'm mad, but I'm coming home, slamming cabinets, yelling at you and being short with you. When really I'm not even, you ain't even doing nothing. I'm mad about what happened at work. Let me tell you one time I took some, um, I took some paper towel rolls and I just started banging them together <laughs> to release the anger I was feeling. <laughs> And the loud noise was really helping me a lot. Like, I think my kids thought I was crazy. It was like, I'm going to go up front. Right. <laughs> I'm going to watch TV because I don't know what mommy's doing, but that don't, that look different. Like, <laughs> but I just, I think that's what it is. I think it's just, you know, like you said, we're unlearning that. And then it's like, even though I'm unlearning the stuff in my parenting, it's, it's also making me unlearn stuff really in my adult life like speaking up for myself like I've always struggled with speaking up for myself and telling somebody how they may have offended me right. out of fear that they're going to reject me or or it's going to be a confrontation now so to avoid this confrontation even though you did something that I don't like I'm just going to hold it inside of me or I might vent to it to somebody else and never vent to the person, not never talk to the person about it because I'm so afraid of the confrontation. And so, and I, I don't want that for my kids though. So right. how do I teach them that? Because I'm the person that they have this really strong intimate. Like if they can't tell me they're upset or that I hurt their feelings, how then do I expect them to feel safe to do it or are confident to do it with a stranger who did something to them like it's so that is so good I never thought about it like that mm -mm. I just that I can play out later on in life wow yeah it's the it's the seeds right like if you think about it, it's the seed planting it's like how does this and it to somebody else it may not seem that deep right it may not seem that they're like they'll be fine they'll figure it out but they may not they may not figure it out. They may always feel that way. I'm just now starting to speak up for myself. I'm just now saying I don't like something or being okay with cutting off friendships that were no longer serving me and they shouldn't have been my friend to begin with. Right. Um, or or just- People pleasing because you have your child so much under you know, <laughs> your control and they know the only way that they will not feel your wrath is if they please you. They do think they get good grades or they listen and they're always docile. And then later on in life, you wonder why they're a doormat. Yes. Listen, that's, 
I, I just, that is where for me, my healing journey, that's what's taken me back to. I can't pinpoint, I still haven't been able to really pinpoint where, but I wonder if it's just natural. I just think it's, I wonder if it's just natural, like just as kids, we want our parents to be happy with us, to be pleased with us. But I wonder if it's, is it the wording that's used? And I'm, I'm thinking that's probably what it is. I'm wondering, is it the words that we're using? So like for me telling Sydney, like I can handle your big emotion. I love you regardless of how you are acting right now. There's nothing you can do that's going to change my love for you. Like nothing. I love that. I had those conversations with my children as well. Well, the yeah. older two, the younger one will be like, yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> listen, uh, James is over here talking about some. Uh, you hurt my feelings, mommy. Hurt. I'm mad. I'm saying, boy, stop listening to your sisters. Because that's that's where you got that from. Your sisters. This you is just told me off the other day. Oh my gosh, my husband was away traveling. I had all three of them to myself. They were all in my bathroom brushing their teeth one night before. Mm-hmm. Bed. I had to go downstairs just to get the lunch boxes and everything ready. I came upstairs. My floor was wet. It was so wet. And my little, my two boys, one brushing the teeth and the, the, the four-year-old's brushing the teeth, the two-year-old <laughs> got water all on the counter. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, Elijah. He's like, I told him not to. <laughs> brush his teeth. And then I looked down on the floor. There's a huge puddle on the floor. Girl, the way I screamed to tell them all to get out of my bathroom. Get out. Get out. So I'm finally on the floor with a towel trying to mop up all of this water. And the other two, like they old, like they're older, so they know they ain't they they ain't messing with this lady right now. The little one comes to the door and he's just like, Mommy, stop it. You are so mean. And the way he said it, I was like, ooh, I am convicted. Can you just feel it in your heart like, yeah, oh, probably wasn't And then I did something, I apologize. Apo- oh, talk I, about that. I, like I said, I have a girl, because I feel like I always have to say this, like, okay, I have a girl relationship with my parents. Yes. But I don't believe, right, I don't believe that I can recall one instance as a child where I did something, um, was reprimanded for it, and they apologize because of the way they did it, if they did it harshly or whatever. I don't think that happened. And I don't know if it was a time. I don't know what it was. But parents didn't really apologize to their children. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I make sure that I do. Um, my husband does now. And that's a whole other thing. Because like I said, my husband's Nigerian. Like, they're, culturally, it's different. <laughs> so, but he does it he'll apologize if he is too short with the kids or something and I'll go like hey like <laughs> yeah, yeah and just apologize because they need to understand that number one when you do something that you shouldn't do and you do something wrong you hurt someone's feeling you should apologize for it yeah. also understand that they are not too small for us to, you know, apologize to. And I kind of felt like growing up, like that would have, it just wouldn't have happened. No, no, I I can't recall a time either. It was usually, you know how black parents apologize. It is, (laughs) you want some ice cream? (laughs) You want to finish watching your, like it was never the words, you know, (laughs) I lost myself 
like in that moment like I that has been so big for me to apologize to my kids and just be like you know what mommy lost her cool in that moment and our mommy's hands they weren't loving and I'm sorry for that because my hands are supposed to be loving and they you should feel safe with my hands or my words were not kind and so I'll tell them what I'm apologizing for and I'm like, I hope you forgive me. Sometimes they tell me they're not gonna forgive me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I never forget. Like, they're, they're still mad. Like, sometimes she hate me. She's like, I hate you. And I, I looked at her. I said, Oh, that's some really big feelings that you got right there. That's cool. Like, and my dad, like, you, you got to make her understand how words hurt. I'm like, she will get, she'll get it. She's fine. She's not gonna understand that deep of a lesson today. Like, she's not gonna get it. So. What I do is I give her the space though to express that. Cause what she's mad about, she was angry. Right. She even know what she didn't understand what the word hate means. She doesn't know what that means for real, for real, because it's used so often in language and all the time in movies and the kids' shows that they watch and just it's in everything. They hear it all the time. So it's used very loosely. They don't understand there's the weight of the word. The weight of the word, like when people hate, like there's action actually behind the word hate like there's a lot to it um but I'm not gonna be offended by it and I'm gonna let her process and, and most people let that happen you know you you what <laughs> I think I told my mama that one time I don't think it went too well um so <laughs> I don't remember going that well for me but there was no space to process my feeling and emotion in that moment like <laughs> none of that happening but I'm not giving her a pass, but I am telling her, I hear you. You're upset. What do you want to talk about? You don't want to talk about right now? Cool. It is what it is. Like I, I, I just, I pick and choose the battle I want to fight with them. But I also know I'm showing, I'm not a perfect parent. I'm not going to get it right. And so I am going to apologize because you know what? I did lose my emotions. I did lose, you know, my I amped myself up. I got upset. I got angry. I remember um, when Prada died, my dog, RIP Prada. Um, and oh gosh, Sydney, Sydney was sad. Like at first everybody was real cool. And then we got to the vet office and I just remember like we walked out the room and we just like, just the emotion. Like I, oh my gosh, like losing a pet. I didn't realize it was so like heavy like that. Like and she was my first pet too. So it was really heavy for me. But I didn't realize how much it affected Sydney. And I remember the next day, I know what the next day, she just was, ooh, ooh, ooh. And baby, I was in my feelings. And so I lost, I lost myself. Like we, we, we got into it that day. And I just remember when I came down, because sometimes I don't apologize all the way. And I had, I told her last night, like, I don't, I don't say sorry for stuff I'm not sorry for. I ain't gonna do that. If I ain't sorry, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna apologize. I'm fucking wrong. But I remember I, I when I cooled down and I was calm and I came back to her, I said, I'm so sorry. Mommy allowed how she was feeling to overtake. And so I'm so sorry that in that moment I wasn't safe. I wasn't kind because I didn't realize that she was grieving. Right. I just thought she was just being bad or just, you know, just not listening, defying and all these things. And really, she was grieving, too. 
even though she kept talking about she wanted a new dog and I thought she wouldn't be loyal. Like, wait a minute, your dog just ain't, she ain't even lukewarm. <laughs> she have not even cremated her yet. And you can talk about getting a, a new dog? Oh, right. where is right. your loyalty to Prada? Oh, goodness. And so she still misses Prada. She still has moments. She'll randomly say she missed Prada. Um, one day she took her off. Let me not say she took her off the bookshelf. But I mean, Prada is on the bookshelf, okay? Because I got to cremate it. I am one of those people owners that she she creature made it. And um, I had to put it back up. I was like, baby, no. Don't touch Prada. Don't touch Prada. Leave her on the bookshelf. Leave her up there. That's where she at. But it's, I think that's so key and so important, the, the apology, because that's not, our parents, like I told my dad, I was like, oh, but he, and I think he was joking, but, you know, he always told me there's a little, a little truth in every jest. Um, he like, oh, I was such a bad dad. You weren't, if you were an amazing father, and just like my mom was an amazing mother, or is an amazing mother, you all just had the tools that you had, with right. the resources you had. And so now it's my turn. And that's what we want for each generation. So my hope is that my kid, maybe they won't yell at their kids at all. That's right. a win. And maybe they'll, from the out from the outset, they'll know how to guide their kids and know how to do these things. And they'll be able to be, you know, a lot more patient from the outset. I don't know. I hope so. But that's all I can hope for. And so, and, and doing that has been so, I think, radical. Like you said, to see... We apologize for things that are wrong, but also to show them I'm not a perfect parent. Um, I think social media doesn't help us all the time because we see these pretty posts of just, it is so easy to compare. See, I be struggling. (laughs) I be struggling. You'd be like, oh, they look like a good mom. Like, (laughs) or you see someone's child acting a whole entire pool and they're just like so gentle and Mm -hmm. it's just like I wish I literally I think I wish I could have that much I don't patience you know wish I like I don't have that grace to be able to I don't know and well social media the bento boxes yo Uh oh the lunch looked like a cartoon character and I'm just like who you are I'm you look I'm you want you want to cut and diagnose or do you you want the rectangles how you because that's the best I can I even when I try to make it like that it don't be right I'm like oh, I want to write a little sweet note to my kid let me just write this on a paper towel with a sharpie real quick. <laughs> right right just like here like I I just you I try my best and it just oh, man Pinterest will mess you up and like you'll be sitting over here and it's just like mommy comparison is like next to mom guilt mommy comparison is like it's always like this thing like you like there was I remember there was this thing going on like if you had a c-section you didn't have a real birth and I was like well, I had two of them and what I recall was a lot of trauma so how about when I was when I was in Africa? Some I worked there at a startup, and some of the ladies in the office would tell me if I'm I had vaginal births, but if I'm going to use like an epidural, I didn't have a real birth. And yeah, I was like, like you're going to get prizes at the end of this, right? What happens? Like, what do you get for having? Like, I remember feeling like a failure 
um, when I couldn't be back. I I wanted to be back so bad. And and my 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 doctor, she knew like I just I really wanted to have that full experience with um, both the girls. Like I really wanted to push them out. And you know, with Sid, I almost died. Like I had help syndrome. Like I almost lost my life trying to give birth like so get her out however you can get her out to save my life and because she was fine she was cool it was me that was on the line and right. so okay cool so then I get pregnant again and I'm like okay cool and everything's going according to plan and then we get there the the water broke baby I thought I was doing something when my water broke you couldn't tell me nothing <laughs> They said only 10% of women experience this. I was like, yes, I'm in that number. And and, and I didn't. I, for all three of mine, I never felt that gush that you see on television. Ooh, baby. I felt the gush. I saw the particles. I was like, we is in this thing. Like, I was, you could tell me nothing. I was excited. And then 12 hours later, I couldn't get past half a centimeter. Not even half. I was still, I never went into active labor. And I, the the nurse, she was a butthead. Um, I don't remember her name, but I just remember she did laugh at my husband's jokes and we thought she was real rude because they was kind of funny and she was real, <laughs> um, uppity, but I was happy because my doctor yelled at her in the room and I was like, ha, 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 ha. Um, I was really happy because she, she did something. My doctor was like, is that what I said, dude? And I was like, get her. Um, <laughs> Because I was crying as I'm getting the 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 epidural block to get ready to have another C-section because I feel like my body failed me once again. And so now I don't get to have this experience that other moms have. Or like you said, just the patience are the are are the ability to to be real crafty, like are to to make dinner every night, to get my kids to eat all types of foods and some nights it's chicken nuggets and fries some nights it's hot dogs some like it's gonna be serious they, <laughs> they like ramen top ramen noodles yeah, i ain't never seen but then like oh man i promise you it's that's what it is in my house sometimes and i just feel like they'll like spaghetti for a while and then they hate it so yeah like i can't get my kids to eat as healthy as I would like them to eat. And then yeah. I look at someone I'm following on Instagram or someone that I know and yeah. they're kind of eating broccoli and vegetables and liking it. And I'm just like, yeah, and tearing it up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I found this lady. She does like, she's this raw vegan and and her daughter is a raw vegan with her and she's healthy and moving along. And I'm like, man, must be nice. Um, one don't like fruit. I ain't never met a kid who don't like any type of fruit. That's Sela. My right. oldest is kind of like that. She doesn't like fruit. She might eat a watermelon piece. She might eat a strawberry. But she eat she'll eat vegetables. She'll eat vegetables. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll take the win there. Uh, Nana, she she likes fruits. She's, she's a big fruit eater. Um, she's not a big meat eater, though. And then baby boy, he just depends, depends on the mood, depends on his day. But let me tell you, that baby faithfully eats Twinkies every morning. <laughs> Twinkies are ding-dongs, causing fluffins. And he eats fluffins. Every, and I don't fight with him about it. And that might be, you know, 
I know it's sugar mm-hmm. and I shouldn't give him this, but he'll eat it. Like he'll literally, it's almost like a pre-breakfast for him. Like, you know how they have pre-workout? Like mm-hmm. that's his pre-breakfast. Like he, he eats his Twinkie and he good. And I give My it to him. Pancakes, them little frozen pancakes that you get from Walmart or whatever. I pop them joints <laughs> in the toaster every day. They want pancakes. Yeah. And, and, and what can you do? And it's just so hard because you that's where I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not a good mom. Usually when I feel like I'm not a good mom is because I saw something or I talked to one of my friends who I think is just doing like, like just killing it in motherhood. And then I'm just like, dang, I mean, I don't even want to like sit by them. <laughs> you don't even want to breathe the same air in that moment. I just, I just wanted to be by myself. Like, um, like, why do you want to play the iPad next to me? Go away. Like, yeah, like, and they, they don't leave my side. Like, they're like right there. And I'm like, am I a bad mom? Because I want some space because this woman here is like, looks like she's enjoying her kids. And not that I don't enjoy them or anything like that, but it's just like, I, I just I, I understand I overstand yeah yeah like I just I just but then like but I'm not being a good mom if I don't want to do these things with my kids or if I'm not making these healthy lunches or I'm not introducing them to the same food 24 times to get them to realize like a mango is good like someone told me that and the thing is for me like someone I would get something like that in my head oh I can't get these little I remember with Judah I can't get these little squish pouches whatever because those are not as healthy I should make them myself and steam the vegetables myself they got lead in them that's what they said they got lead in in the baby food and stuff that's like so of course I go to Amazon ordered all of this stuff and these little glass jars because of course the glass the jars got to be glass like not one of the things I'm giving him but I'm just like nope I, every time I said it was each of the kids I was gonna make I was gonna make their baby food I was gonna steam it I was gonna puree it I was gonna do all the things you know what that girl it reminds me I remember and it, this was probably the time when I was most insecure about being a mom and my oldest was just born and I had she was like out the hospital maybe two days and I was changing her diaper, I had family over and my sister-in-law screamed across the room. She's like, Eesh, what happened to her belly button? The thing that's supposed to dry off. Yeah, the umbilical cord thing, whatever yeah. it's called. <laughs> it wasn't there. <laughs> so, I freak out and I'm just like, it was there before. I don't know, I, I just freak it out. It falls off, right? It falls off by itself, right? But not like on day two. Oh, <laughs> so maybe hers was different. Girl, let me just fast forward. She was fine. But, and that has happened to all three of my children. So don't let me watch your newborn if you want that thing to stay on. <laughs> so, but when it happened, I freaked out. So yeah. later on, my parents went home and they, and I remember my dad called me up that night. And I just remember feeling so, I felt inadequate. I felt like, yo, why did people yeah. left me with this baby? 
I don't know what I'm doing. I thought I murdered her a couple of hours ago because her umbilical cord stuff is no longer attached. So my dad was like, Maisha, he said, God chose you to be her mother. Mm. And like, and when he said that to me, it just made sense. Like, like he didn't make a mistake by making, and so there's a reason why I'm the mother of my three children. It's the reason why I'm not the mother of somebody else's children. I have something inside of me that is going to be beneficial for them to have. That's going to be nurturing for them to develop into productive adults. And that is the piece that I hold onto when I feel like I'm struggling at this, yo, like why? Oh, like she got all these kids to smile in this picture and they dress the same and her hair. Oh, this girl has three daughters and she did her hair. He did the hair like that by herself with three girls and I've got one and I'm struggling over here with Sela. Like those feelings. And then I always go back to, but there's a reason why God chose me to be their mother. So I have to continue to rest in that um, just to keep my head above water, honestly. That is so good. That is good. I I love, like, we were chosen to be their parents, and it wasn't an accident. It wasn't a mistake. I'm going to have to carry that when I'm having those moments where I'm feeling inadequate as a mom. I was chosen to be their mom. And what I also love, um, our mutual friend, Ebony, she always tells me this, there's nothing I can do to my kids that God has not accounted for. And even for someone who's not a believer, I think like just knowing like there's nothing you can do that the universe or whatever you subscribe to has not accounted for that because we don't know what happens from one moment to the next moment. And so that these moments have been accounted for. And so just like for the person who experienced childhood trauma, who may have been sexually abused, who may have been physically abused or whatever, neglected, placed for adoption, uh, given up, abandoned, whose father left them or mother left them, whatever the case may be. And they grew up to be successful, however they define success and they overcame or they decided to heal, they made a choice. And so I have to keep that in the back of my mind that those three individuals get to decide how they get to live their life. I get to play a part of it. I get to be a part of the journey. But at the end of the day, there's nothing that hasn't been accounted for for them. And they can overcome whatever is thrown their way. And so I think that is a beautiful note for us to, to wrap up on is we, we are, we're chosen. We're chosen. We are unlearning. We are healing ourselves in order to be better moms. And I think, I mean, for me, that's my takeaway from what I got. And we get to struggle together in this in this journey together of motherhood. And I'm happy to do it with you on this journey. Likewise. Um, yes, girl. So tell, tell people... Um, how they can connect with you on the socials if you do those things, social media, how they can connect with you. I have Twitter. I have Instagram. Now, whether I post often, I don't know, it's neither here nor there, but I am at Maisha Writes. Maisha is M-A-I-S-H-A. You hear that T? It's M-A-I. 
Don't you start with me. I, I did. I jacked that name all the way up. Why you just can't spell it regular? <laughs> you spell it. That is the regular way to spell it. It is a word. It is a Swahili word. Oh, now it's Swahili. You just have to it is Swahili. I never told you that. I no. lived in Kenya for four years. It is Swahili. People thought it was a nickname. Every time I told someone my name is Maisha, they'll be like, what's your real name? You know what? This is what I'm talking about, y'all. It's always, it's just black people just say ever be regular. Like we just <laughs> no, my name is from the roots. Okay. Like it came it there. Means life in Swahili. If you Google it right now, what is life? You will see Maisha come up. Fine, Maisha. Well, I'm I'm named after Tunisia, the little small country in Africa. And instead of a U, it's an A. <laughs> I don't think it has a special meaning, but <laughs> it has a special meaning, I'm sure. <laughs> I think it's just too <laughs> but is Maisha writes on the Twitter and on the Instagram. I'll post a picture of my kids once in a while on Instagram. That's about it. I'll I post more stuff, but and um, also they can grab your first book too, Buster Bully, which is Buster the Bully is ooh. Look, she see if you're watching this on the Zoom, she's doing what all authors do. They get and they grab their book and show it to you. Okay. This was my first book. I have a couple of other ones coming out um, in the beginning of 2024. Um, one with Harper, one with Scholastic. Um, they'll be out around the same time, the first quarter of those years, I believe. Um, and that's it. I'm going along this writing journey. I'm happy to have made some good friends like sister friends like T and just excited about everything that's going on right now. You should be. You should be. I'm really excited for you. Um y'all her writing is oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's so poetic. It is man. You talk about just all the feels when you read her work and I get to read it because I'm her critique partner too. So I get to see it. It comes in and it is chef's kiss. Like I, I just, I just am surrounded by talent. Like I just be feeling like so. See, that's when I feel inadequate. I be reading myself. Like, no, oh, because so if you're surrounded by talent, what do you think you are? You're one of the talented people. Yes, I don't know. I need to rub off a little more because y'all are just so whatever. Right? The shirt that she's wearing right now, she just her, this book about to come out. <laughs> It is actually right. That comes out next year, literally, by Ancestors Wildest Dreams. Like, I'm excited. But that's not about me. It's about you. And so, yeah, so I'm going to link in the comments. Make sure I link in the show notes here how they can follow you and the link to get a copy of Buster Bully. Buster Bully, real quick, um, is about a little fish, right? Getting bullied. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's about a little fish named Buster. He is bullied. First, mm-hmm. if you see, read the book close and closely enough, he was bullied mm-hmm. and he turns into the bully and then he gets bullied. Again. So it's interesting okay. to see that, I don't know, just to see bullying from the other side. Oftentimes you see, but you see the bullying book from the side of the person getting bullied and how they should react, but not often the side of the person, the, the main character turns into a bully at some point in time so yeah so I mean that happens though usually that's how it happens usually someone being bullied and then they have to the trauma like forces them to to do that so it's such a really really great children's book I love it our kiddos love it because it's really bright and colorful and it means like 
little fishies out here. Thank you. Illustrated by Craig Shuttlewood. Yes. Awesome. Oh, yes. Craig is awesome. Those pictures are beautiful. Um, so, it was published by a press called Well Backed Publishing. It's in the UK. International. That's what I'm talking about. Just international. Live on, live on the live in the motherland. <laughs> I can't I no, I am. I have Nigerian in me. So, you know, Niger. I'm going to. I'm get Nigerian. My- <laughs> I'm going to get my Jamaican Nigerian flag. And stuff. You should go there. That's one. And if you decide to go, please let me know. Because well, I'm going to go with me. Um, yes. So. I have. Yeah. I mean, that's where I've been to Nigeria a trillion times because yeah. my husband's Nigerian. So, yeah. I find out my tribe. Someone told me I couldn't pick my tribe. I had, I had already decided which. You tried my- to pick your entire tribe? Yeah, I did. And they told me, what do they know? Right. Because all I know is that from what they said on the ancestry that my folks that are in northern Jamaica came from, I mean, pretty much off the west coast of Africa, but they said that Nigeria Mm -hmm. was the strongest. Yeah. Mine as well. Might as, might as well. So that's what I'm going to do. But yes, thank you so much, Maisha, for your time. I appreciate it as always. And to everyone else, we will see you on the other side of mommy. Thank Have a great so one. Yay. Yeah.